today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. They want to subpoena the records for Deutsche Bank and Capital One to get all the records, financial records of Donald Trump. Uh, is it a wise political strategy? What is this, smoking gun or political harassment, as the president calls it? Let's bring in Michael Diamond, conservative political pundit, Upstream Strategy Group. He is with us now. Michael, thanks for the time. Nice to have you here again. Thanks for having me. So what is this? Is this smoking gun or political harassment? Is this well, politics? You look, I think, you know, that's going to depend on if, if you're Adam Schiff or if you're Donald Trump. It, uh, I think there's validity to, to both those arguments. But uh, I, I think that if, if you look at uh, previous investigations, Whitewater, for example, in the end, uh, you know, you have two polarized camps, but those in the middle generally tend to take some sympathy for the person that they view uh, being targeted by the investigation, as they did with Bill Clinton. It did not hurt his popularity. It hurt him eventually with his legacy, but not his popularity. So I think that uh, looking at this, that there will be a perception that this is uh, political harassment. So if in the end, uh, if in the end, Michael, we all end up in the same place, which it it seems to happen with this president. Why bother going through all this? You know, I, I think that's an excellent point. I think that there's no political advantage right now to the Democrats to tying the nation up, tying the operations of Congress up, and tying the presidency up in investigation. And, you know, he can call it a witch hunt. They can call it an investigation or an inquiry. It doesn't matter. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, they're not going to remove him from office. That's what an election is going to have to be for. And that they would be much better off being the official opposition in the Congress uh, and uh, supporting whomever uh, their eventual nominee against Donald Trump is. Or if he has done something wrong, is it up to them to bring it forward? I mean, absolutely. I mean, look, if there's a high crime or misdemeanor here, move ahead with impeachment. And if there is a high crime or misdemeanor that's been committed, um, you know, it would be incumbent upon Republicans in the Congress to remove him as they were prepared to do to Richard Nixon. You know, Bill Clinton was impeached because at the end of the day, he did break the law. And that is uh, certainly unbecoming of a president. But uh, here it seems that there's a lot of getting close to it. There's a lot of bad people around. But, uh, uh, you know, two years and the endless investigations. Uh, what what, ha- what have we seen? You know, what does the president's uh, attempted purchase of the Buffalo Bills have to do? with uh, anything that went on in his campaign or in his presidency. How much do we know about Donald Trump compared to past presidents, other past presidents? Well, we know a great deal more and a great deal less. And I know that makes no sense, but we know a great deal more because this is a guy who has been in our living rooms on TV, has been on the front pages of grocery store tabloids for decades. You know, I was, um, I think, Four or five years old, the first time I remember seeing Donald Trump, and it would have been 89 or 90, and I had to ask my parents, you know, what divorce was, because his divorce was the most public and famous divorce at the time. So, I mean, Donald Trump, we know him a great deal about him, uh, but then we also... That's a, it's interesting deal. to know, Michael, when he had an impact on your life and what it was. That's hilarious. Over he, divorce, of all things. He destroyed, uh, he destroyed, <laughs> my, uh, he destroyed my innocence. Uh, you, I, I'd hate to tell you the conversation I had to have with my mother in 1998 <laughs> about what Bill Clinton was doing under oh, the desk of the Oval Office. Uh, but uh, we also know a great deal less about Donald Trump because 
he won't release his tax return. So for presidents or presidential candidates, we knew where they were making money. We knew how much money they were making. With Donald Trump, what we know is that there's a great deal of unknown also. So we know a great deal about his personal life, about his uh, imp- infidelity. But what we don't know is, you know, where is he making his money? How much money does he actually have? And one thing we do know is that for years, the, you know, you'd have a lot of billionaires call Forbes magazine and say, how dare you say I have as much that much money? I don't have that much money. I'm not that rich. Hmm. Uh, but you had Donald Trump calling every year. How dare you say I have so little money? I'm way richer than you think. So are the Democrats using the right strategy here? Is 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 uh, should they be should they be chasing Donald Trump or should be they or should they be blazing their own path? They should be chasing voters and uh, mm. and uh, political harassment and uh, you know endless investigation is not the way to do that. I mean, I think Donald Trump showed us that uh, folks were sick of politics as usual, and this is politics as usual. Okay, what about the Mueller report? Because again, you know, we're we're jumping into an investigation and then in the very end ending up in the same place. Is there any more fallout from this? Is there anything more there that can damage him? Look, the, the, the Mueller investigation and the report was an important step because there's certainly a dark cloud around the election and the, around the presidency. But without anything concrete, without, without actual, without an actual smoking gun, without a tape, uh, as you had in, uh, Watergate, uh, let him be president. Let the voters decide. Uh, so uh, at the end of the day, will will there be anything that has been redacted or anything that we that, that hasn't made public that hasn't been made public that will be of any significance in the long run here? Look, I mean, in the long run, you know, when when, you know, um, in, in decades from now, when all records are finally released, uh, as you see right. uh, with, you know, the Kennedy Papers, for example, and uh, the uh, uh, Warren Report, these will be matters of great public uh, interest and of political intrigue. There is nothing, I, I will say this, Donald Trump will be president until January 20th of 2021, perhaps longer, but he will not be removed from office before them by any legal or procedural means, and I think it's incumbent on the Congress to start governing instead of uh, political gridlock. Impeachment is not a tool to override the electorate. Uh, Trump's family's reaction to this, uh, to sue the bank and, 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 and to try to hold this up, why not just let them peek at what they want? Is there anything there that's, you know, it, it, even to have him stand up and say, go and look at all my dirty laundry, enjoy it, uh, well, as opposed to making it appear that he's hiding something. Is this the best approach for him? Probably not, but it's always worked for him. And, uh, you know, this is a man who's the first presidential candidate in recent times to not release the tax records. Uh, and uh, there is he, there is something he's hiding, and that's that he's not nearly as rich as he wants the public to think he is. Hmm. And that is an obsession of his. And, and, and it's, it's really a shame because I would burn every last dollar I have to take half of what he's worth uh, because this is an incredibly wealthy man, but, uh, but he's always been obsessed with having a uh, perceived larger net worth than his actual net worth, which is very, very large. Can the family not separate themselves from him and, you know, give us some sort of snapshot or capsule of whatever everybody's, you know, wanting so badly and then move on? Or is that impossible? 
No, because I think I would imagine their finances, if you look at, you know, uh, the two boys' jobs and what Ivanka's job was before uh, all of this went on, they are so intertwined. There's a brand, there's a development company, there's a management company, there's a licensing company, and uh, it's all so intertwined that uh, you couldn't reveal, uh, take a peek into uh, Eric Trump's finances without revealing too much about the company that they tried to shield. What happens when the man dies? <laughs> What's going to happen to his estate? It will be in court for a lifetime. Well, the the well, I mean, unless you know, I mean, I'm sure the uh, the uh, you know the the bequeathments will be quite uh, quite well taken care of. But uh, uh, what what will be interesting is like that's unlikely to ever happen because I don't know if you. One thing we do know about Donald Trump is, according to his goofy doctor, he's the most healthy person <laughs> to ever live, and so Donald Trump's going to outlive us all. Oh, on that note, uh, what about sleepy Joe Biden? How much of an impact has this announcement made uh, this week that he is now running for president? Well, for all the talk that Joe Biden had a bad uh, kickoff uh, for his uh, third presidential campaign. Uh, the first one, which was in 1988, was also the first year Donald Trump toyed with the idea of running for president, by the way. But for all the talk that it was a disastrous launch, he actually went up in polls about six points. So I think it is uh, that, that, that he does even have room to grow, even though he is you know, well ahead of Bernie Sanders, who's his uh, closest competitor. Uh, I think there's two factors there. One, I think it was Joe Biden certainly had the most name recognition, but I think there were a lot of people who were unwilling to say they were supporting him because they were unsure that he'd run. Uh, so he still has some room to grow, I think, and he'll also have to show that the gas that he had, especially in that 88 campaign where he was forced out because of a plagiarism scandal, that he's not going to repeat the mistakes of the past. But I think, uh, you know, all the talk about uh, about his personal conduct and his uh, invasion of personal space, that's not going to have an impact when uh, the votes start uh, being cast in Iowa. Uh, what will be problematic potentially for Joe Biden is that we've all lost our minds and no longer able to contextualize things that happened in the past. So this is a man who was in the Senate since, I believe, 1972. Uh, and he's going to have a lot of votes that he shouldn't apologize for, but he's falling into this PC nonsense trap hmm. of apologizing for things that may have very well been the right thing to do when he did them. Many have commented on how many uh, nominees there are for, or there will be by the time this is all over, for a leader of the Democratic Party. Um, I guess alluding to this could be quite a race. Will it or will Biden just go in and shut them all down and let's move on? And this will be less a discussion about what the direction of the Democratic Party is and more of who, who can win this. Yeah, well, look, I think electability is going to be the key uh, factor here. You know, in 2012, Mitt Romney was nominated by the Republicans because there was such overwhelming hatred of Barack Obama by the Republicans that all they wanted was someone who could win. So they settled on someone they didn't particularly like. It didn't work out. Uh, you know, Bill Clinton didn't invoke that same sort of hatred of the Republicans. So in 96, they went with the guy they wanted. Still didn't work out. But this time, I think you're going to see electability will be uh, the driving force uh, for uh, uh, who, who they who they nominate? The Washington Post uh, maintains a uh, Twitter account. I think it's called "On This Day" or "Who Led On This Day," and they look at previous cycles. And at this point in 2008, Rudy Giuliani was the certain Republican nominee, and Hillary Clinton was the certain Democratic nominee. So things are going to mm. change a lot. So Joe Biden shouldn't count any chickens, but he's also not a. Uh, gone goose, as many people want us to say. So will the Democrats eat themselves on the way to choosing a new leader? 
it, it could be nasty. Look, I mean, if you look at uh, these inter-party squabbles are often the uh, the most dangerous and deadly. If you look, you know, a Canadian example, uh, one of the liberals uh, race to replace Paul Martin, uh, you know, it was the debates between those candidates that finished the Fendion off ever before Stephen Harper ever had to even think about him. So if they're not careful, if they if they if they if they fire on each other, and we've already seen some of that, instead of firing on Donald Trump, uh, they will inflict uh, damage to the party. So, are we going to see a much different Democratic Party? What about the Bernie Sanders factor? Well, that's what's interesting is that we have a few candidates who you could line up in that left-wing fringe of the Democratic uh, uh, Party, um, Sanders and Elizabeth Warren and some others. And last time, that, that is a sizable pool. That might even be, you know, the plurality of the voter pool for, for the Democrats if you're to look at the various tribes within the party. Uh, but last time, that allowed... Uh, that allowed Sanders to do very well, to win some states, to be very competitive. But it was in a two-way race. So, you know, between Sanders and Warren splitting that vote, and you have Joe Biden taking the, you know, it's hard for me to say this because at one point in time, Joe Biden was the second most liberal member of the United States Senate. But if the moderate path is freed up for Joe Biden, he's going to be able to win in Iowa in this huge race, you know, potentially 25, 30% of the votes, which will uh, cement him as a front runner. How do you think Hillary's feeling these days? You know, last night there was a video circulating of uh, Hillary doing a dramatic reading of portions of the Mother Report. I thought it would have been nice if she went and filmed a dramatic reading of portions of the Star Report and the pain <laughs> that her husband inflicted on the nation. Uh, but, uh, you know, look, Hillary Clinton, I mean, she has been defeated for president by two men who I think she sees herself as superior to. And it's got to be really hard. And I think, you know, uh, the desire to run again, uh, the most, the most, um, obvious sign that someone's going to run for president is that they've run for president in the past. Mm. So this is not easy for her to sit out, I'd imagine. Uh, and in such a large race, there could have even been a path there for her to win the nomination. But uh, the American people have moved on from that family. How, who do you think the, uh, the American Democrats would get, would get behind, Biden or Hillary? I think that uh, with Joe Biden in the race, uh, she probably wouldn't have a path. Had she got in before and sort of went jab, squeezed out Mitt Romney, maybe she would have had a path of that more moderate establishment uh, uh, side of the party. Uh, again, you know, Warren and Sanders and a bunch of people who no one's ever, ever heard of. Uh, but uh, Biden uh, eats that oxygen. Uh, Donald Trump says a lot of things that just don't really seem to make much sense. But he did say something the other day that I thought was fascinating. And he basically, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he basically said if it wasn't for Biden and Obama, he wouldn't be there. I mean, that's the whole reason people elected him. Do you think that has resonance? Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's uh, you you elect your successor, quite frankly. And had uh, had George Bush not uh, not allowed a couple of frat boy friends of his to uh, run foreign policy, Barack Obama never would have become president. Had Barack Obama not been so out of touch with average Americans, Donald Trump would have never been president. And had Bill Clinton not treated the Oval Office like a burlesque palace, uh, George W. Bush never would have been elected president. So your actions will have consequences. And I think, you know, uh, Obama and his crew of supporters should remember that it was their aloofness from the struggles, their their, their callous indifference from the struggles of the working poor uh, that uh, that elected Donald Trump. I say the same thing about Kathleen Wynne. Absolutely. <laughs> 
Uh, Michael Diamond's been with us, conservative political pundit, Upstream Strategy Group. Michael, as always, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. Thanks for having me. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.